Today we're going to get into a new teaching, and the title of this morning's message is Free. Just free. And uh, I want you to know this is one of those messages that God just simply downloaded. I couldn't even keep up with the dictation of the Holy Spirit when he was giving this to me. So I really want you to put your ears on today and listen. Amen? And as we get started, I want to say this to you. You've heard me say this before, but I feel it's really important to say this again. That the ultimate objective of faith isn't stuff. Faith will get you stuff. With the stuff you need, you know, Jesus said this, your father knows you have need of these things. And he was talking about natural things. Clothes to wear, places to live, food to eat. These are, that stuff. God will get you the stuff. But the ultimate objective of faith is to make God's truth my reality. Right? You've heard me say that before. That's the highest ultimate intention of faith. To take all of God's truth and make it my daily reality. Now keep that in mind when I say this. Jesus said you will know the truth. What truth is Jesus talking about? The truth of the Romans? The truth of the Pharisees? The truth of the religious? No, he's talking about God's truth. You shall know the truth, the truth that reigns above all other truths. And that truth that you know will make you free. So now if you put these two things together, what you can say, and it be totally in line with Scripture, everyone say, I'm listening. The ultimate objective of faith is freedom. The ultimate objective of faith is to bring you into a place of shalom, nothing broken, nothing missing, everything in its place, and you as a child of the living God are completely free from everything that confines you, defines you, and contains you. Free from pain, free from stress, free from worry, free from debt, free from addictions, free from everything that seeks to define and contain you. Amen? So today we're talking about being free. Go with me to the book of Galatians, and this is where we'll start. I guess I should start my clock so you can get out of here. And I need to tell you, I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't think I'll get done today. Um... This is going to take a couple weeks at least, maybe maybe more than two. So I want you to go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians, again, so today I'm just laying the groundwork. Galatians has been called by scholars the greatest work of Paul, though the same scholars will say the same thing about Ephesians and Romans. Um, everything Paul wrote is great. Um, but Galatians has been called the Magna Carta of Christianity. It's also been called the Christian or the Church's Declaration of Independence because in the book of Galatians, Paul really defends the message of grace and the freedom that it brings into the life of the believer. Okay. Now, you also know that the Galatians, and we'll get into this, the Galatians had entertained people they really should have shut out, just like some of us do. People that Paul said that they come in to spy out our liberty. They, they come in to see how free we are. And we got to understand that the devil, what he really fears is a free saint. I want you to understand the devil ain't afraid of you going to heaven. He really wishes some of you would hurry up and get there. He's not really afraid of you going to heaven. 
What he's afraid of is that you'll wake up to who you are in Christ and make a difference here. What he really doesn't want is for you to walk in the liberty of, of Christ and to be as free as he has, God has made you to be. So he'll fight your freedom more than he'll fight anything else. This is the reason why a lot of preachers will preach a legalistic message seeking to control the saints. Because a free people are a hard people to control. And if your objective is control, you don't want people free. You don't want people free to think for themselves. You don't want people free to hear from God for themselves. Priests don't want you hearing from God. Because the freer you become, the less necessary they is. But God wants you free. Now this church in Galatia, what they had done is they had entertained these voices and that they, they had actually surrendered their liberty for security. Now, it doesn't matter whether, listen to me, everyone say, I'm listening. It doesn't matter whether you do this in the political realm or the church realm. It's the same thing. Anytime a people surrender liberty for security, they end up with tyranny. Because the people that promise you security in exchange for your liberty, what they really want is control. Keep that in mind. And so in the church, the reason why we've had a lot of tyrants is because they have taken your liberty and promised you security. If you'll dress like this, walk like this, talk like this, you'll be eternally saved. Hmm? It's all about control. So anyhow, Paul comes in and he, he starts defending the message of grace and the liberty it brings. And in chapter 5, verse 1, this is what Paul says. I'm going to read it the same verse out of two different translations. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Now I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. Let me be clear. The Anointed One has set us free. Not partially. Not, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth. What truth? We are a free people. And stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Amen? Listen to this. A message that does not set you free from sin, from law, and from self is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. It not only sets you free from sin, but it sets you free from legalism, and it sets you free from yourself. I've discovered over the years, one of the greatest freedoms that we can enjoy is freedom from the need of people. If you need people, y'all know what I mean by need. We all need one another, but I'm talking about needy. I got to have your applause. I got I to gotta have your affection. I got to have your company. And, and if you leave me, then I, I'll do whatever I have to do. Just stay. I'll let you beat me. I'll let you berate me. I'll let you abuse me. Just don't leave me because I need you. If you need people like that, then you're not free to love people. So we got to be free in order to truly love. 
The justification, listen to this, the justification that comes by faith always results in freedom. In other words, a faith that is functioning brings you day by day into greater levels of freedom. As we walk by faith, we walk into greater levels of freedom. Because there's lots of things in life we need to be set free from. And I'm jumping around here, but you got to understand this. The blood of Christ sets you spiritually free. The words of Christ sets you free experientially. See, there's a lot of saints. They're free spiritually, but they ain't free in day-to-day life. They ain't stress-free. They ain't debt-free. They ain't pain-free. Hmm? We got to be free. Because then he say completely and wonderfully free. Hmm. Go to Galatians chapter 2. This is why I already told you this, but I want to read it to you. Paul talked about some group of people that came in to, to, to spy out their liberty. Do you know that not everyone wants you free? There are certain people that like you in your place. And I think it's amazing how your place is always defined by them. Hmm? So Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, it was because of the false brethren secretly brought in who had sneaked in to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ, in order to bring us into bondage. Freedom, listen to this, freedom is always a threat to the system. Now that's both government and religious. Freedom is always a threat. Most saints, though they are free legally, meaning spiritually, they are not free experientially. And the church, especially church leadership, and like I said, I'm laying the groundwork here. I can't tell you how many times I've heard over the years in response to something that I would preach, and it comes from other preachers, yeah, God loves people, but. Yeah, God wants people free, but. You know, I believe in grace too, but. And what they're always saying is, I don't want my church too free. Because if my church gets too free, they won't need me. I need them to need me to tell them how to dress. Because otherwise, you know, they might go out and sin, dress like a hoochie mama. You know, and it's amazing to me how if you preach grace, they'll always say, well, if you preach grace, they're going to sin. You know what I've discovered over the years? It don't matter what somebody preaches. If somebody wants to sin, they're going to sin. You can preach legalism and holiness and all the other things you want to preach. You can preach on how they ought to dress and how they ought to walk and how they ought to talk. But if they want to sin, you know what they're going to do? They're going to sin. So it ain't grace that produces sin any more than faith produces greed. So I don't know what they want. I want y'all to be free. Because I want to be free. And I can't speak about every other church, but at RLC, I want to be free. That means free from the codes, free from the expectations, free to hear God for myself. Amen? I don't know. I no longer need a mediator telling me what's acceptable. I've got a mediator. The man that stands between me, it's okay, I'm not even following my notes, but a man that stands between me and God the Father, and that man is Jesus Christ. I don't need somebody else to tell me I can't wear this at church. 
It's amazing how fear-filled the church is because of all the rules we think keep us safe. I remember the first time I came to church without a tie. I thought lightning was going to strike. Because I had been trained to believe you don't stand up behind a pulpit without a tie. Yes, sir. So when I stood up, I, 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 then when there was no lightning at the tie, I went to jeans. Oh, my God. Then I discovered God is not nearly as concerned about those things as church people are. Everyone say free. God wants you free. Now, here's what I want you to see, because this is important. Everyone say groundwork. At the rate I'm going, just the groundwork is going to take four weeks. I want you to notice what Paul said here, because the Bible is written very purposefully. The Holy Spirit's the greatest teacher ever. And the way he worded it, he worded it on purpose. It's not haphazard. Paul said that it was for freedom that Christ set you free. We're going to break that down probably next week, but it was for freedom. Now, here's what he didn't say. Now, don't write me any nasty letters, y'all watching online. But he did not say it was for heaven that Christ set us free. Now, that's important. Okay? He said it was for freedom. He didn't say it was for heaven. Now, am I belittling heaven? Are you silly? Of course not. Heaven's a very important part of our future, but it's not the ultimate intention of God. Right? And we got to know what God really intends for our lives because it's what when we really understand what God's intentions are that we can fight the fight of faith. Until you know what God has in store for you, you can't fight by faith because you can't fight sickness if you think sickness might have been sent to you by God. You can't fight poverty if you think God's using poverty to keep you holy. It's when you know what God's intention are that now the fight's on, baby. Now I'm fighting poverty with everything I've got. When I know that Christ wants me healed, I fight sickness and pain and disease with everything I've got. I know it's not a blessing from God because I know what his intention is. So we have to know, because see, listen, if the preachers can convince us that the only thing God had in mind is through the blood of Christ, the get-out-of-hell-free card, then we'll endure things that we ought not to endure. We won't fight them. Why? Because you don't got to be blessed to go to heaven. If heaven is what it's all about, you you don't got to be blessed to go to heaven. In fact, poverty could be a good thing because you prove your devotion by what you're willing to endure. Are y'all following me? If it's all about heaven, then I don't need to be healed because, hey, I'm going to die anyhow. I might as well let this kill me if it's all about heaven. But if it's not all about heaven, if God has something else in mind, if God has another purpose, a higher purpose, and that thing is freedom, well, then now I'm not waiting to live. Oh, how should I say? I'm not waiting to die so that I can fully live. You understand? I'm not waiting to die to experience the goodness of God. I remember there was a man named David once upon a time who wrote that he believed he would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So if I know that it was for freedom, 
the state of being completely free. Now the fight is on. Why? Because I'm going to fight against anything that diminishes me because my goal is not to die and get to heaven. My goal is to live a kingdom life here and now. And in order to be what God called me to be, i got to be free. I can't be what God called me to be by being confined and diminished and labeled by what you see. So freedom is why Christ set us free. Paul in Galatians chapter 3 actually said this. He said, you foolish Galatians. Why did he call them foolish? These were the people that got saved at his preaching. This was his congregation. But he said, you fools. Why was he calling them fools? Because they listened to another gospel that Paul said was no gospel at all. And this gospel was a hybrid gospel. This gospel was, you know what? You got to have a little bit of law with that grace because, you know, if you just listen to grace, you're going to be flaky. Yeah, you're going to be running off and doing all kinds of crazy things. So we're going to add a little bit of law. And Paul comes and they accepted this. And Paul comes and says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who's cast a spell over your mind that you would think the grace of God that comes through the blood of Christ is a dangerous thing? He actually talked about frustrating the grace. How do you frustrate the grace? You frustrate the grace by not allowing the grace to work in your daily lives. Grace is the greatest message ever heard by the ears of men. So Paul says it was for freedom. Keep that in your focus. We need to be completely and totally free. First hmm. Peter chapter 2, verse 16. I want you to look at the first few words of First Peter chapter 2, verse 16. In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about the opportunities of freedom. You see, can I ask you a question? How big a dream can a free man think? See, a slave don't think big dreams. A slave, a slave sees no potential in the future. A slave just sees the same thing day after day after day after day. Hmm. The horizon offers no opportunities. The horizon brings no good thing to them. They're just going through. And the slave is always waiting to die to get free from the slavery. So I want to ask you again, how big a dream can a free man dream? First Peter says this, chapter 2, verse 16, act as free people. Act as free people. The same verse out of the, tra the Passion Translation, as God's loving servants, you should live in complete freedom. That's opportunity. Listen, when you're living in complete freedom, past pains and failures and disappointments are no longer an indicator of future potential. I want to say that again. So that, that is, past pain, when you're free, past pain is no longer an indicator of future potential. But our freedom comes not only by proclamation, 
It's not enough to sing songs about being free. That's good. But in order to be free, everyone say, I'm listening. Freedom comes from proclamation and practice. Proclamation and practice. Act like a free man. Begin thinking like you were free. Well, how would you think? What houses would you look at if you were financially free? No, no, no. See, we, we, we think. We think like an enslaved people. And we're enslaved by where we come from. We're enslaved by what our grandparents left us or what they left us or who, what family we were born into. Don't you know the Bible says if you're in Christ, 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 then you are a brand new creature. All those old things have passed away. And take a look. Everything has become new. So if everything's new, then my past is no longer an indicator of my potential. My potential is determined by the dreams in my heart. So this is why Peter said, act like a free man. You've been set free in Christ. As God's loving servant, you should live in complete freedom. That's opportunity. But never use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Amen. That's responsibility. Freedom. Listen, freedom can be a scary thing. Because when you're free, you're no longer somebody else's responsibility. When you're free, you can no longer blame other people for your condition nor look to them for deliverance. So freedom is a scary thing because not only does freedom bring you opportunity, but freedom brings you responsibility. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. I wrote this down. I want you to hear this. With opportunity comes responsibility. You can't have opportunity without responsibility. If we can be convinced, and you know, you ever notice this is what the media does and what our culture does? The media wants every group to blame the other group. They play us against each other. And some of us are silly enough to listen to these people. They play, and they tell us the reason why you're not further along in life than you are is because of them. Whoever them is. It doesn't matter who them is. Because then we go looking for fault. And you know, one of the things we'll discover, if we're always looking for fault, we never find favor. If you're always looking for who to blame, you never find deliverance. I one, not long ago, I heard one of these men, and I don't doubt his pain, but he was on TV talking about how he can never be free because of the man. And on the inside, I said... Dude, the man has already set you free. You're just looking at the wrong man. Because it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, when you feel like there's no way out for you because of your background, your past, your gender, your ethnicity, whatever it is, look to Jesus, because he makes all things possible. 
You can never be confined when you're looking to the right man. And when you're looking to that man, they can't build a wall big enough to keep you out. Y'all ever remember a place called Jericho? When we do it God's way, even the walls of Jericho have to come down. Shababa. I'm going to get myself after. Hallelujah, Father. If you're always, if you... Always blame them for every ill in your life. Opportunities will always elude you. But when you stop looking for fault, you begin to find favor. As we get started, this is just groundwork, y'all. I got to ask you some questions. What is freedom? What is it? And how do you define freedom? Because the way we define something sets its purpose and its potential. Are you free? Freedom is clinically defined as this. Listen to this. The power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So let me ask you that. As Americans, are we free? Keep that up. Keep, put that back up. Are we free? In the cancel culture we live in, we're not free. Always remember, if they want to take your liberty for the security so you don't get offended, you end up with tyranny. Tyrants will always offer security. They never tell you they're taking your liberty. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about Stalin way back then or Mao Tse Young or any of the others. They'll always offer security. But what they want in exchange is liberty. And what you end up with is tyranny. The absence of subjection to foreign dominion, or domination, or despotic government. Absence of subjection to foreign domination. They don't even have to be politicians. I know churches that live in fear of their own pastors. I know saints that live in fear of their husbands, their wives. Some of them live in fear of their own children. Freedom. What does it look like? And are we free? Come on now. It was for freedom. And I'm telling you, when you know what God wants for you, now the fight is on. The state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. When you drive vehicles you don't like, but you say it's all I can afford, then you're not free. Well, Pastor, now you're meddling. I hope so. I hope so. Because I did it for years. I drove cars I hated. I drove cars that I had to time it in order to get up a little hill. Because if I hit the stoplight at the bottom of the hill, I wasn't going to make it up the hill. I had to time it. I hated it. If I wasn't a Christian, I would have been cussing that car. But I had a mindset that said, what can Jimmy afford? I wasn't free. I never went to God and said, Father, would you help me get a car that can actually make it up the stinking hill? See, if we don't think free, we live enslaved. And we got to understand, if we're not completely free, then we're not as free as we need to be. 
And we ought not to accept partial slavery. Because the most pitiful slave in the world is the one who already thinks he's free. Because the unteachable are untouchable. Come on. The, I want to say it again. The most pitied, pitiful slave in the world is the one who already thinks they're free. Fight you for their right to stay enslaved. Oh, pastor, I need to see Bible and verse for that. I'm glad you asked. Because I wouldn't have said it if I didn't have it. John chapter 8, verse 32. See, if God's standard is higher than we thought, then we press. We don't argue for the right to stay here. If we find out, okay, I mean, and granted, things are better. We've come a long ways. And all of us have. And thank God that we've made progress. But if you ain't dead, it's too early to stop. You got to keep pressing. You got to say, well, God, if you want me completely free, then I'm going to press for that freedom. I'm going to employ my faith, my intellect, my will. I'm going to use every tool at my disposal to be completely free. So one day, too, I can stand up and cry, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. That's not just one man's slogan. It ought to be all of ours. Thank God Almighty I'm free. When you pay off the mortgage of your house and you owe no man anything but to love him, you ought to stand on your porch and say, thank God, free at last. Is that possible? Yes, it's possible. All things are possible. So the most pitiful slave is the deceived slave who's been brainwashed into believing he's already free. See, there are saints that will fight you over this because they know they're going to heaven. So when you tell them God don't want you poor, they'll fight for their right to be poor. There are people that will fight you for their right to suffer. And they, listen, they... If we don't know these things, then we end up serving things that ought to serve us. We endure things he set us free from. Jesus, speaking to a group of people, he says, You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him indignantly, by the way, as if he had insulted them. He offered them freedom, and they got upset about it. We are Abraham's descendants and never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? I'm thinking, when you read that, you think Egypt, Babylon, Chaldeans. How about this group of Romans walking around right now, taking all your money and taxes, and they're sitting there looking at the Messiah indignantly saying, we ain't never been enslaved by no one. We've always been free. What you talking about? We're going to be free. I am free. And Jesus says this. He answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. What he's telling them is, listen, you say you're free, but you're not. Do you know when Jesus walked the planet, he was the only free man on the entire planet? All around him were people. The rich were enslaved to their passions. The politicians and priests enslaved to their power. The poor enslaved to their conditions. The sinners enslaved to sin. All around him were slaves. And he's offering them what? Freedom. 
In Luke chapter 4, and I don't want to, he, he, he said twice, my whole mission is to proclaim liberty to the captive. Jesus values your freedom. He died so that you could be free. From what? Everything. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. If you believe you're as free as you can be, then this sermon really ain't for you. This sermon is for people who believe that there's more in life yet to accomplish the people who will dare dream that their future can be greater than their past and that before they leave this planet, they really can leave a mark that won't be erased, that they can make a difference on their generation and in their culture. I want to talk to people who desire to make a difference so that when they do eventually die and leave this planet, people mourn because of their departure, because they made such an impact and influenced so many people's lives that they stood as an example of what a woman can do who's free, of what a man can do who's free in every capacity, free financially, free from worry, free from fear, free from sin. You can't overestimate the importance of being free. Oh, I got to hurry up. I ain't never, I ain't going to finish today's. Years ago, I went to a friend's house in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he was a fellow Bible school student. And when I walked into his house, he had this big tree limb sitting in the living room, and on this tree limb sat this beautiful African gray bird beautiful bird his doors were open his windows were open and there sat this bird no cage just a bird on a perch and I'll never forget the story I've preached it a thousand times because it is such an example I asked Charlie I said Charlie is is that birds are his wings I don't know much about birds I've never had one well, I guess we had a canary in Poland a little I said is that is that bird are his wings clipped he said no his wings aren't clipped. I said, so he can fly? He said, yeah, he can fly. I said, but dude, all your windows are open. I know that's an expensive bird. Aren't you afraid of the bird flying away? He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, because the bird don't know he can fly. And he explained that when the bird was a baby, it was in a cage, and it had its wings clipped. But here's something about living a life in the cage. Charlie told me eventually... The cage, the bird wasn't in the cage, the cage was in the bird. See, we can live a life of confinement for so long that eventually we become confined in our own hearts. The bird didn't need to be in a cage because the cage was in the bird. And eventually he didn't even have to clip the bird's wings because the bird never knew it could fly. Freedom wasn't more than two or three flaps away. Freedom was right there. But the bird never took responsibility to take advantage of the opportunity. And I've discovered over years, we are just like that. We are just like that. We sit there and we look pretty. Because we want everyone to be impressed with us. But we ain't free. 
we have learned to embrace a certain level of as, as long as I can keep the lights on, everything's okay. Amen. Don't you know God wants to supply not only all of your needs, but the desires of your heart. Yeah. And, and, and we learn to say, well, you know, a little bit of pain is normal. I've had people tell me before when I preach against fear, they'll say, well, pastor, a little bit of fear is good. So, so is a little bit of arsenic. How about a little bit of cocaine? Right? No, 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 no. The, the wages of sin... And whatever is not of faith is a sin. The wages of sin is death. Fear, baby, ain't going to keep you safe. Kill you. Yes, sir. So we need to learn to be free from all of those things. Because why? Because he has set us free. And if the son has set you free, then you will be free indeed. And so we press back against all of these things. And it doesn't matter if I'm five levels higher than I was five years ago. If I ain't dead, then it's not time to stop. I want to keep pressing for greater freedom because when I'm free, I can make a difference. When I've got more than enough, I can give it away. When I'm not confined to my bed because I'm filled with pain, when I'm pain-free, I can serve thee. Even little things like my foot pains. My wife kept saying that that, that ain't right. Because it seemed like every six weeks something would hit me. And when that would hit me, I couldn't do what I needed to do to serve you. We've got to be pain free so that we can serve one another. We've got to be debt free so the, we don't ask Visa, what can we do? We ask God, what would you have us do? Is this helping you this morning? Listen to this, Luke chapter 4, verse 17. I'll quit when y'all get up and start walking out. And the scroll of the prophet, Luke chapter 4, verse 17, this is where Jesus declares his mission statement. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And I like how Brother Copeland always says this. You know what good news is to a poor man? You ain't got to be poor no more. He has anointed me to proclaim. He has anointed me to proclaim. He has anointed me to proclaim. Good news to the poor. Listen to this. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's in the mission statement. What is liberty? The state of being free. So Jesus came to proclaim to everyone who was captive, by no, no matter what it was that captivated them, freedom! To you who have been jailed by your pain, by your past, by your disappointments, freedom! The windows are open. The doors open. Fly, fly, fly. But Lord, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. But I never have. But you can now. Lord, I've never paid cash for nothing. There's a first time for everything. 
Lord, I've never, my grandma wasn't debt-free. My grandpa wasn't debt-free. My parents weren't debt-free. No one in my family's ever been debt-free. Behold, old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at the only thing he mentions two times is freedom. And according to biblical interpretation, am I boring you yet? According to biblical interpretation, if something is repeated, it's for emphasis. It's for emphasis. So the Lord is trying to tell the people that are listening, listen to what I'm telling you. I have come to set the slave free. No matter what it is that has enslaved you, addictions, freedom, financial, freedom, relational, freedom, emotional, freedom, spiritual, freedom. It doesn't matter what it is. He came to set you free because it was for freedom. And since I'm not going to get to finish, let me say this. Why? Why? Why does God value your freedom? Because your potential is tied to your freedom. You cannot be what he has dreamed you would be if you're enslaved to anything. If you're not free, you can't be what he's called you to be. See, listen, you don't want to know why sometimes God will set you free from people? Because they're in your life to contain you. All they ever do is remind you of where you come from, what you look like, and what you've been through, and you don't want to let them go. Anything that diminishes you, devalues you, or degrades you, imprisons you. T.D. Jakes once said it this way, if the word of God kills a thing, let it die. And if the word of God gives it life, let it live. Mm. Where was I? To set at liberty those who are pressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then in verse 21, he says this, and he began to say to them today. When is the day of our freedom? Today. When is the day God wants to set me free from this, that, or the other thing? Today. He said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Listen to this. God's favor brings healing. We know that. God's favor brings salvation. We praise him for that. God's favor also brings us freedom. Boy, I got a long ways to go. The core message of the Christian faith, the gospel, is that Jesus Christ rescues humanity from slavery. And we got to make sure we're not like the Pharisees. Well, I ain't never been enslaved to nothing. Some of you are enslaved to your family name because you let your family name determine your potential instead of your kingdom name. Got to be free. Well, Pastor, everyone in my family has rheumatoid arthritis. Free. You fight against it. Is the devil going to try to put it on you? Of course. And I tell you what, he's diabolical. He'll, he'll say, well, you know what? Your, your Aunt Sue, the most godly woman on the planet was Aunt Sue. And you know she had it. 
Well, maybe Aunt Sue didn't know that it was for freedom, that Christ set me free. See, it ain't about judging one another. I, I, it doesn't really matter to me what you're willing to settle for. As for me and my house, y'all can go as far as you want to go, but as for me and my house, <laughs> I want to be free. I don't want to be confined to all the things that have con You know, alcoholism runs in my family. Everyone in my family was an alcoholic. According to the, the test I had to take in high school, I was an alcoholic before 10th grade. I would drink a six-pack of beer on the way to school. But those things no longer confine me. They no longer define me because I'm free. I recently told my uncle, it seemed like everyone in the Miller family is dying in their 60s. I said, how old was Grandpa Milt when he died? He told me, how old was Grandma when she died? How old was Uncle Mike when all of them in their 60s? And I said, well, dude, you're in your 60s. He said, no, I'm breaking the mold, dude. He said, I'm going past 100. I said, I'm following right behind you, Jack. Because it doesn't matter when they die, he die, she die, they die. With a long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Free. What does freedom look like? I haven't yet experienced it completely, but I tell you what, I'm going to. Hmm. All right. I keep losing my place, y'all. Still in the book. I just don't know what book I'm in. How many forms of freedom can you think of? Anything that dominates you diminishes you. Let me read again Galatians chapter 5, and then we'll bring this to a close. We'll pick it up next week. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially. Everyone say not partially. But completely and wonderfully free. This is why we must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back to the bondage of our past. In the book of Romans, Paul does a masterful expose of showing how because of one man's sin, death reigned. Death reigned, it dominated, and because it dominated, it diminished. Anything that dominates you will diminish you. Anyone that dominates you will diminish you. <sighs> But then Paul says that as great as death was and reigning over everyone as a king, there's one who's even greater than death. And by his sacrifice, life will reign in the place of death. Stand to your feet. You've heard me say this before, and it's interesting if you study history. There's something in man. When I say man, gender-neutral term, don't get offended by me. Mankind. There's something in mankind that knows he was created for something greater than what life has offered him. And this is the reason why historically, no matter what group of people were enslaved by another group of people, it doesn't matter if it was for 400 years or four years. 
they will eventually revolt and fight back against it because man wasn't created to be dominated. He was created to take dominion. And it might be a slow recovery process, but eventually every people group will recover their freedom. So I want to say to you this morning that hunger for more is not an ungodly thing. That, that hunger you have on the inside to experience greater beauty in life and more freedom, please don't resist it because it's not ungodly. They might tell you that that, that desire is greed. No, no, no. No one can tell you whether it's greed but you. Because greed is not about the, the amount of the possessions. About, it's about the purpose of the possessions. If you want more so you can do more, that ain't greed. Don't let them tell you it's greed. Having 20 of them is not greed unless you're just hoarding all of them. And you don't have, but if you have 20 because you want to be able to bless 19 other people the way that you've been blessed. So I want to say to you, all of you who are hearing my voice, your desire for increase and more is a sign of the Spirit of God within you fighting against that which is trying to dominate you. And for many of us, it's what we've been taught in church and it's what we've experienced in life and it's our background. And the, the, the Spirit of the Lord is crying out within you, not only Abba Father, but freedom. He wants you to be free so that you can do everything he's called you to do. And so that when you do eventually, inevitably hit the end of this life, you can say like Joshua, not one dream, not one vision, not one word was left unmanifested in my life. But everything that God said he would give, I took possession of. Everything God said I would do, I did. Everything that God said I would have, I had. Freedom. So go ahead and lift your hands. I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm going to dismiss you to go and do what free people do. What would you do if land was free? build father forgive us for thinking small and thinking about what's impossible father right here today we make a decision to change our mindset father we dream big so we can do big things for you for as that preacher, D.L. Moody, once said, the people of God ought to expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. So, Father, we thank you for freedom today. We thank you, Father, for freedom from everything that tries to dominate us. Lord, we thank you for freedom from pain, both physical and emotional. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for freedom from genetics, freedom, Father, from death sentences, freedom, Father, from past due bills, freedom, Father, from stress, freedom, Father, from worry, freedom, Father, from people so that we can be and do what you've called us to do. And if you agree with that prayer, shout amen. Amen.
Amen. Give somebody a high five and you're free to go in Jesus' name.